Welcome to the Mental Well Podcast, where we help you draw out your well. This is a podcast where we'll explore the struggles and potential of the human condition. We'll dive into particular topics in mental health and what's going on in our heads, our hearts, our relationships, and our very being. Join us as we dive into our well and draw out some strength, some understanding, and some contentment from the broken world around us. everyone and welcome to today's special episode of the Mental Well Podcast. This is a previously recorded episode of Undivided Intention radio show hosted by Jeff Shufflebein on the Guadalupe Radio Network. The interview is about mental health in the time of COVID, helping others who may be struggling, and living a life of love to those that we care for. Jeff's a good friend of mine and he's also the Chief Culture Officer at Energy by Five, a company that won, has won lots of awards for their amazing work culture. Uh, Jeff is also just a good dude, so if you get a chance to, to catch his show on the radio, you won't be disappointed. So we hope you enjoyed today's show. KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth. Broadcasting from the Las Colinas-based KATH 910 AM studios of the Guadalupe Radio Network, this is DFW Alive. Thanks for joining us as we discuss ways we can all spread the good news of Jesus Christ and the Catholic faith right here in North Texas. Howdy, North Texas. Welcome to this version of DFW Alive. It's called Undivided Intention. My name is Jeff Shuffleby, and I've been so thankful to be able to host this show for the last almost four years. And this is a show where we talk to friends and great uh, leaders in the church and the community and in business about how do you live an undivided life? What does it look like to have faith at the forefront of everything you do and not just faith for certain parts of your life or certain days of the week? Um, before I kind of jump into today's show, I always want to say thanks to Dave Palmer, to Diane Xavier for running the board on the show. I'm actually doing this from my home, but it's not far from the studio, and it's a beautiful day here in North Texas. Um, I was listening to those uh, commercials right before the show started and just thinking about the need for us to reach out, especially now, and support those who support Catholic Radio as well as supporting Catholic Radio itself. And we all know the struggles that people are facing. And I listened to that commercial for Buford Roofing. I just used Buford Roofing recently for my folks. Um, they had a little issue, and uh, Mari Buford's team came out there and took great care of them out in Fort Worth. But the other thing I wanted to just talk about for a second is the Summer Speaker Series coming up that benefits KATH 910 AM. Uh, this is the 12th year of this Summer Speaker Series, and I'm excited this one has Monsignor Pope as the keynote. I've been listening to him on Catholic Radio for a long time. So this is coming up on Thursday, July 23rd, so just uh, less than a week away at 7 p.m. It's going to be a virtual conference. Go look it up. Go to GRN online. Find out more details. They got some pretty cool ways that they're bringing a virtual conference or a virtual event into your home that includes even pizza at your home. But let's get started the right way today. We're going to do prayer. I've brought six and a half year old. She'll say she's six and three fourths year old. Lorelai Shufflebine, my mini me, up here. And Lorelai, would you like to do an opening prayer for everybody that's listening here today? Okay. Okay, go for it. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, please help all of those who are in need and who need your prayers and who need your help. Please watch over them and be with them all you can. As you say, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in Give us their daily bread and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Amen. Great job, baby. Thank you for visiting with us today. We'll see you again soon, okay? That's Lorelai Shufflebein going into first grade at the Highland School, right, baby? All right. Thank you. So I'm excited. We started it off right. We had our prayer. I'm excited today because I think that the topic that we're going to be really kind of 
circling around and, and jumping into has really become more prevalent than ever in our lives. And it's the topic of dealing with anxiety, uh, depression. It's how do we help those around us, our family, our friends that are facing these things. And, you know, I'm not an, an expert, but I think that we've all seen the statistics and the details and the stories of where the the unrest in our world, the stay-at-home orders with COVID, the recent news yesterday that schools in Dallas County cannot go back in person until maybe September 8th at the earliest. There's a lot of um, increase in what I see for anxiety, depression, relationship issues. And uh, recently I was having a good talk with a friend of mine who is in that field. And just like all my other guests, I felt a uh, tap from the Holy Spirit that said, Jonathan Sumter was supposed to be an upcoming guest on this show. Um, not only is he uh, a Catholic man who I look up to here in the North Texas community, but he's also on the front lines as a working professional in what's plaguing so many people with anxiety and depression. And so a couple quick things, and, and then I'll introduce my guest. He's the CEO and founder of a uh, uh, something called the Mental Well, a, a mental health and wellness clinic. Turns out it can do that virtually as well. So the mental well. Um, we'll also talk about a few other things that he does, including that he's the director of the counseling center at the University of Dallas here locally. Jonathan, welcome to Undivided Intention. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure and an honor to be here. Well, I know uh, we've had a chance to talk about some of these topics in depth um, at times when I needed I needed assistance and guidance from you as well. Um, but first, before I jump into anything about that, tell me your life. You've got multiple kids. I think you've got one that's not far from, from Lorelai's age, right? Yes, yeah. So I've got a almost six-year-old, a, a three-and-a-half-year-old boy, and a nine-month um, little girl. So I, uh, I, I would tell you my life story, but that may take longer than we have time for today. I've done uh, a lot of different things, but now I find myself um, um, helping people in, in various ways. I was a seminarian at one point. I worked for three different dioceses. I've done ministry for about a decade and a half, and I've been doing the, the current job of uh, counseling therapy with individuals um, for a decade now so you know it seems like you might have many overlapping careers here because i know that in addition to your own practice uh the other thing i was going to mention is this group called privy suites we tell us what what is privy suites right so um with that the the idea is to get clinicians who are looking to break out into their own and do private practice or get a minister a um a uh, organization launched Right, and and oftentimes there's a lot of barriers that get in the way of that. So, the the mission of that company is to help individuals to be able to launch, to be able to have less overhead, less barriers, and save money, um, so that they can then have uh, help the people that they're helping at less cost. Um, so, so like an incubator only, for yeah, keep going. Exactly. Yeah, incubator to get the, the services going, get the individual set, but then also helping increase access to care to patients. Yeah. So tell me, what has life been like for a, uh, a caregiver, a counselor since March? We've, we've gone into this virtual world. Has that happened to you? Have you seen increase? I just would love to hear a reflection on what the last five or six months has brought for you and how that's different. Sure. So the well, the first couple of weeks, so um, I, I went virtual pretty much immediately. I already had the the capacity um, in my private practice, but then also at the university to just flip the switch and go virtual. So the first couple of weeks were fantastic. I had a, a home office in the shed, you know, and go out with my coffee. The birds are singing. I'm in my flip flops, and I got my, you know, the quarantine business, which is business shirt, sweatpants, and flip flops. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, the the El Camino of uh, business, right there, or the yeah. that's right. <laughs> yeah, the, the business the in the front. Yes, <laughs> that's right. Um, uh, so, so it was really good. I mean, as time went on, that was 
not going to be a sustainable thing having kids and my my son banging on the door and sticking his hand under the door saying daddy daddy when somebody's talking about something heavy like you know suicide or or um, severe mental illness or something like that sure. my, my son saying like daddy i went pp pee -pee on the bush you know bad <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like that's right this isn't gonna work so i had to go back to the office um at that point um so it's i don't, I don't know if you ever played video games they kind of came out when I was in later elementary school, middle school. Uh, but if you ever played video games for just like all day long, you got that video game headache, right? And sure. that just that that's like what it's like being a therapist now because it's just online in front of a screen eight to 14 hours a day. Well, that's a good point. I didn't think about this because if I'm in a meeting and I want to give myself a mental break or my eyes a break, I press turn the camera off and I turn and face the window and I just let the fresh, you know, the sunlight hit me. I don't know that the person you're helping would be so happy if you just decided to close your eyes and look away or press camera <laughs> off. You pretty that's much right. have to be on at all times, both literally right. and figuratively. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you get the, the time between sessions, but, but that's a pretty concentrated uh, effort um, throughout. But luckily, the work that, that we do is rewarding enough to kind of, kind of offset that. Okay. And it, is my statement rooted in any truth or statistics or accuracy that anxiety and depression are on, an, on what I would deem to be a pretty dramatic increase? Yeah, I, well, yes, because it already was, and okay. because of the current situation, it is exacerbated that, right? So the, for instance, some concrete stats, right, rather than anecdotal kind of the, the way it looks, some concrete facts. So uh, the suicide rate has in, has tripled since 1950, right? But it has doubled since 1996. Oh, wow. Right, so, so that's, a, that's a sharp increase since 1996, and um, the, the, the rates are, are, are just continuing to rise. And um, being at the university, I have access to stats from universities all over the world, and um, the, the rate of severe mental illness is um, just increasing exponentially. I mean, and we could have a, a, a debate over is that because it's recognized more, is that because it's publicized more, it's in vogue, is it wait either way, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Right? And and so there's there's a lot of pain and there's a lot of suffering. And I think that that's the, the ultimate point in, in figuring out how to help people regardless of the stats of how to, to heal and move forward. Got it. So I got to imagine that anybody listening to this show now or listening to a podcast version in the future, um, they either very clearly have their own anxiety, depression, you know, roller coaster that they're dealing with, or certainly know someone who is. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that any of us are immune from this being part of our lives now. When you are talking to somebody in, in a scenario that says, you know, I have a loved one, I have a friend. I have a spouse who is suffering from fill in the blank. They they could be as far as suicidal thoughts and and, and uh, you know conversations around suicide to just high levels of anxiety. How, how do you advise someone who they're not your patient and they're not the one who's trying to get the help for them? They're trying to figure out what's the best way to start being a better resource as an untrained professional to the the loved one in their life. Right. Well, I mean, ultimately, the, the 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 pinnacle of that answer is love, right? To love the yeah. person, um, and to love the person with empathy and boundaries, right? Boundaries for yourself internally, not taking on too much responsibility. It's not our job to change people. It's not our job to save people. It's our job to walk with them uh, through the through their suffering. Right, it's not our job to take the suffering away. It's our job to get them through the suffering. That seems like a big concept for a lot of us. That we try to bear somebody else's pain and and then own that we're somehow failing if that person is still in pain. Do you see that often? All the time. All the time. Yeah. 
especially with, with couples, right? So this is a, this is a big topic with, with lots of different factors, but um, with couples, we're called to, to lead each other to Christ, right? And so there is a level of responsibility to that, but we're not responsible for making the person walk that path, right? And we're not a, a failure if they choose to not walk that path. It's that we walk in that path together as as individuals. But even in relationships of friendships or uh, or even just people that we, we have empathy or sympathy for that we may not even know, right? The Why do people not talk to the homeless person? Not because they don't care, but because they fear that they'll get sucked in and have to care too much and it'll be overwhelming and they won't be able to do anything about it. Some yeah. people, not all people. Sure. How do you so? How do you advise somebody who's in the the caregiver and the person who's trying to express love? I mean, is it it's some form of a detachment from a result? I mean, how do you how do you? I, I, it's a hard thing for me to express to somebody else, even if I think I get it. <laughs> right. So we call it um, supportive emotional detachment, okay. uh, also known as empathy with boundary. Right. So empathy, not sympathy, and we could have a debate over which which uh, the the linguist linguistic uh, correct things are. But um, sympathy means to join uh, symbiotically, to to take on, to meld, to connect to someone's suffering and pain, which has its place in in different areas. But empathy is more of recognizing someone's pain not taking that on and helping them through, right? So the example that I often give is if you're just learning how to swim, right? You're in swimming lessons and you and your buddy are are hanging on the edge of the wall, nervous that you have to sl- swim from one side of the short end of the pool to the other, right? The narrow end. And uh, you, you both take off and you're both swimming and your buddy starts to struggle, well, if you stop and you try to say, hey, jump on my back, you both drown, right? Because yeah. you don't know how to swim. You're you're just trying to make it to the other side, too. So the better option is for you to pause a little bit, do the, the uh, treading water they just taught you the week before, and yell for the lifeguard or the swimming instructor to get the person, and you tell them to kick, and you tell them to tread water, and you keep paddling, Right. So you're offering encouragement, you're offering support, and you know the limits of your uh, abilities um, to actually help with that change. Yeah, so in that regard, i got to believe that there's times where you're meeting with people who were trying to play a caregiver role and have now slipped into, because they are in that symbiotic feeling the pain of somebody else, they are now in a place of depression, anxiety, as a result of not being able to muscle their way through and somehow have a skill that they've never been trained in and they're, mm-hmm. I guess, right. discouraged by the results. Right. Yeah. Or, um, or, or a thing that we call empathy burnout, right? So if, if you've been caring for someone for so long and, the, and it's not a changeable situation, right? So if somebody has like severe diabetes or cancer or, um, or paralyzed or whatever, and you're just caring, care for them, care for them, care for them, but you don't care for yourself, then you end up with burnout and um, that becomes a, a difficult situation. So, you, so we have to be able to to manage and maintain self. And this is a bigger topic uh, than we probably have time for, but um, <laughs> some people will, will hear all of this and like, well, we need to self-sacrifice. You know, uh, we're called to die to self, right? And that's very true in the context of what it actually means. It doesn't mean self-forfeit. And I don't forfeit myself. I offer myself. I, I, um, I, I offer in the in the abilities that I have and, and the ways that I can, but not to forfeit. I got it. A couple of minutes here before our first break. One time you and I talked about accountability versus shame. Can you touch on maybe those two concepts for a second? And when we come in from the break, sure. we'll get more into some tools. Sure, sure. So. Um, I break it up into accountability, shame, blame, and guilt, appropriate guilt versus inappropriate or misappropriate guilt. But 
shame is where we internalize the the bad right versus uh, accountability is giving an account of the situation right so if you knock my coffee mug over you're accountable for that are you guilty for that only if you intended to do it are you a shameful person forever and you'll forever be shameful because you knocked it over well no I mean that that's uh, that doesn't allow for redemption. That doesn't allow for reconciliation. That doesn't allow for mercy or grace, right? So um, if we participate in shame in that of our character, now we may have actions that are shameful, right? There are shameful actions that we we should not do, but that does not totalize in our character and make us shameful, right? And, but if we own that rather than owning accountability, we're kind of up a creek. You know, we're uh, in our last minute here before the first break, but what's fascinating to me is you rattled it off from your years of ministry and what I know of you as someone who is a lover, believer in the gospel and Jesus Christ, but you said the words redemption, reconciliation, mercy, grace. The fundamental truth of all of this comes back to the truth of the gospel, and I think that that's a fascinating place to be where you have true faith and are able to do some, I believe, especially through the university and other faith-based counseling. But then I know other times you're doing counseling for human beings who you still love and care about who don't share the same faith, and I'm excited to dive into that deeper when we come back from this next break. So we're talking to Jonathan Sumter. We're here on Undivided Intention, and we'll see you in just a few minutes. Thanks, y'all. Catholic Charities Dallas serves 50,000 people a year in the nine counties of the Diocese of Dallas. Please help us respond to the great need by volunteering. We need help in our food program and our many distributions throughout the diocese. And also, we need bilingual call screeners for all of the financial assistance that is being applied for right now. Please help us answer the call by emailing Celeste Garcia at cgarcia at ccdallas.org. Hello, my name is Bob Parra, owner of Parra Car Care. We're proud sponsors of KATH 910AM. Parra Car Care is devoted to automotive maintenance and repairs for today's family on the go. Are you looking for that personal touch? Someone who will listen to your problem and give you options that are manageable for you? We now have two locations to serve you. For the U.S. area, 817-685-2222. And for the Northwestern Hills area, 817-281-1388. We're on the web at www.parracarcare.com. Thank you and drive safely. Hi, this is Cecil Anderson. Have you heard about our KTH 910 AM Facebook group? It's a place where 910 AM listeners can gather together to post about local events, hear about upcoming shows on the station, and interact with one another. You can find the group by going to Facebook.com and typing GRNDFW in the Facebook search bar. Once you find the group, click the Join Group button, answer two quick questions, and I'll admit you to the group. I look forward to many more of you joining the community. This is Tony Beshara. My wife, Chris, and I own Babich and Associates. We are the oldest placement and recruitment firm in the state of Texas and proud sponsors of the Guadalupe Radio Network. We're also members of St. Thomas Aquinas in Dallas. Babich and Associates offers candidates insights into the current job market and provides professional candidates we have interviewed on a face-to-face basis to our employers. Our number to call is 214-823-9999, or you can find us on the web at Babich, B-A-B-I-C-H, dot com. Howdy, and welcome back to Undivided Intention. Um, enjoying our conversation here. We're talking about, uh, well, not the fun stuff, but very important stuff, anxiety, depression, how to, to come alongside the journey with those in our lives, or even uh, we'll cover if you're facing some struggles right now um, that, you're, that you know you need to seek some help or open up to the help and the love around you. My guest today is Jonathan Sumter. He's uh, the head of the director of the Counseling Center at the University of Dallas. He has his own private practice called the mental well um, he's certainly been a resource for me and i was just thinking as we head into this second session here jonathan you know going back to the situation where somebody is concerned for and wants to come alongside a loved one or a friend how do you recommend they even approach step one are they supposed to diagnose the severity of is somebody you know truly in a suicidal state, as somebody, you know, in a relationship issue? I mean, do you put anything on them to say, hey, figure this out so you can know, like, the triage. Now you need to go this direction, that direction. And, and from there, how does that evolve? How do, how do you accompany somebody? 
Sure. Well, there's a couple of different models uh, for for like suicidality, um, like mental health first aid. Um, um, forgetting the other one that has three letters. Um, but there's, there's a couple of different things to kind of recognize if there is a concern, not if there's a diagnosis, right? So if there's a concern for suicidality, then we need to get somebody to professional help one way or the other, regardless of, of if it's a concern. So so if, you, if, if somebody calls me and say, oh, well, I'm, I'm concerned about somebody who's suicidal, well, we need to get them in now. If, but what they tell me, I may not be concerned as a clinician. Right, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, well, that's not actually active suicidality. That's a, a form of uh, escapist thinking with impulsive thinking, et cetera, et cetera, which is not something that anyone else needs to be thinking about uh, if there's a, a sign of potential suicidality, right? So yeah, if you're not knowing what the signs are. Be, yeah, yeah. That's right. No, knowing the signs and the 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 points of recognition of somebody who might be struggling with that is what's important and getting them connected to the, the, the services that they need. I think for, for everybody else, the, the key to that is not um, referring and then dumping, right? Don't, don't just say, oh, we'll go talk to that person. I don't have time for you, right? Like, we need, we need to get you the help you need to get. And I know that's scary, and I know that that is uh, going to be a difficult thing. So why don't you tell me about that part? Right, so sit with them in the struggle and the the concern, and you know you can ask them, well, what led you here? What, um, you know, is there anything that that I can be a support of? Can I help find somebody? Um, you know, we don't want to offer too much help of of what we're not able to to do, right? So I don't want to say, oh, well, I'll I'll protect you and I'll make sure that everything's perfect from from now on, because that's just you can't do that, right? Um, you don't want to promise anything. You don't want to um offer platitudes or like superficial um hope you want you want to be tied into true hope and true um um redemption and and, and uh, reconciliation and uh, uh resilience of the individual not just a uh, 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 fake fakeness but sure. we don't want to dismiss them we don't want to um just kind of turn away, but we don't want to over over own their struggle either. So we can sit with them and help them move through. So I still think there's probably people who hear that and, and their eyes glaze over like how do I how do I walk what you just described that's a a relationship tightrope. You know, if somebody has, you know, pretty imminent concern, are they calling nine one one? Are they calling the there's a 24-hour hotline that they're looking up online. What are they actually calling in that I'm, o- I'm over my head moment? Right. So um, if someone says, I'm going to kill myself, then we're calling 911, right? Um, if someone says, I think that I might be suicidal, then we take them, we take them to the hospital, right? Um, or... Um, if they say, well, I've had some thoughts, but I'm not certain, well, let's call somebody. Uh, you can always call uh, a psychiatric facility and ask them, and they'll say, yeah, you need to come in right now, or, well, why don't you wait and talk to your A provider? Um, if you don't have one, they could probably help set one up. So if, if there's ever a question, just reach out and ask. Yeah. And it, somebody's maybe at that lower level, right? It's not imminent but they want to reach out and ask. And we're here on a Catholic radio station. Are there specifically Catholic resources for somebody that knows they're going to have a faith-based counselor on the other end of that phone or that that meeting? Absolutely, yeah. The, so there's um, catholictherapist.com okay. is a resource. Um, I'm not currently advertising on there, but I, I don't recall how many in the DFW area, but there's there's at least nine that that I personally know that are on the on that website um, to be able to to refer people to. Um, I guess it's probably a good time for get, me to plug in again and say you can call the Mental Well, which is Jonathan Sumter. You can get from the man that's himself. Right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the Mental Well. Um, and and if if things don't match up, like scheduling or or, um, 
or, or fees or we'll, we'll figure that out. Right. Um, if, if I'm not available, I, I'm connected to with everybody in the system and we'll, we'll find a, find a spot for the, for the person. Um, also if, you know, the, the, we can always go to the, the parish and ask, uh, cause they, they usually are connected to us. I talk with a lot of priests and a lot of, uh, church people all the time. Um, and, and referring people to me or uh, finding a good fit for somebody uh, one way or the other. So uh, the the biggest option is reach out and wherever you can reach, reach there first. Yeah, get started. Um, can you talk to me about the role of, of affirming someone in their pain uh, or not, maybe not in their pain, but affirming that person and, and their innate goodness, regardless mm-hmm. of whatever guilt, pain, anxiety they're feeling. Can you talk me kind of through some of those topics that we've shared in the past? Sure. So, um, I mean, that ties into shame, right? So, so um, if, if someone is operating out of shame, shame causes us to hide. It causes us to retreat within ourselves. It causes us to not be able to connect to the body of Christ, right? So in affirmation, um, and if anyone's interested, you can look up Conrad Bars, and he's got a lot of books um, on affirmation. But affirmation is the ultimately the recognition of the goodness of the person and in their innate being, who they are, over time, not just in that instance. Right. Um, so we are children of God. We are made in His image and in His likeness, um, and in us He is well pleased. So at, at our core, we are good. What we do with that may or not be help may or may not be helpful, uh, but sure. we are beloved, right? We are beloved of God, and that that needs to be our starting point, right? Not what you did was right or wrong, what you did was was good or bad, but you are loved. You are beloved, and you belong. That's a powerful statement, and and going back to the point I made before, you with plenty of people who don't share your Catholic faith or even your Christian faith. But the same truth exists. You're a, you're a beloved mm-hmm. son or daughter of Christ. Is there, I don't know, mechanisms, ways that you still get that point across without scaring or shutting the door because now all of a sudden they think they're, they're only talking to a Christian counselor. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of buzzwords, right. That, that can turn people off. Um, and especially nowadays with, with the, one side or, or five different other sides of a, of a political statement have so many buzzwords that are going to turn each other off, right? And sure. The the innate dignity of each person, right? So um, as I approach any conversation, I've, I've had lots of, of people of different faiths, different backgrounds, different um, uh, nationalities, races. And ultimately, each person I meet, that person, that person is dignified that person is loved and the vocabulary that i use if they're catholic i may use catholic vocabulary if they're christian i may use christian if they're agnostic or atheist i may not use either one of the uh kind of the specific um language but ultimately they are a um they they belong in the body of christ or they belong in society they belong with with us as a human race um, and if we can approach truth, regardless of uh, not getting stuck on the vocabulary, but actual legitimate truth, the truth shines through despite the vocabulary. Yeah, so you're still finding a way to affirm that person for their innate dignity and goodness without mm-hmm. having to be specific to a certain style of worship or belief. Right. That's incredible. Right. What about... Um, you know, I always, I always like in managing people and in business, the compliment sandwich. I know you talked about the affirmation sandwich, you know, mm-hmm. give people real truth, give, give them clear, uh, clear directives, but at the same time, soften the edges because you still want them to know what you just described, how important they are to the people in their life, how important they are to the world as their own unique human, um, 
Right. That's really cool. And and I know we could go into that. I had a question though that I was just thinking about that now you have these these counselors and and professionals who probably were used to having a practice where they were in person with people and the mental drain was probably still there, but it was different. Do you see, and, and maybe you'll have a network for this, but do you see the health of mental health professionals suffering or strained by current conditions? Sure. Well, I mean, we're all just people. Yeah. Right. And I, 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 I may look like a sage, uh, uh, wise person when I sit in my my counselor chair, but when I go home, I, I'm sitting on the couch with my with my kids, and I'm just a, a normal person. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I mean, and my wife, my wife is a social worker, right? and she she stays at home with the kids right now because she because she chooses to. Um, but uh, she used to work in a drug rehab and, and do therapy and stuff as well. Yeah. So our arguments at uh, our arguments at home are, oh yeah, well, how does that make you feel? it's the next line don't you do that to me (laughs) that's right that's um but um the um but i was talking about mental health professionals right like the the people that are out there did they also i mean do you have your own network where like i mean i think about priests priests go to confession the mental health Mm -hmm. professionals go see mental health professionals absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think. I mean, I know it's I, an ignorant question, one, but it's just funny. Yeah, I've never thought through like all the complications of your world. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a it's a, a a heavy burden to bear, and if you don't have supports, it'll crush you. Right. I mean, I when I walk when I go home, I go home. I don't carry people's problems with me necessarily, and that and like a, a, a that sympathy, like symbiotic. I, I don't. I don't own their struggle. I don't carry it with me, but still be just being witness to the brokenness of humanity uh, day to day to day um, can be can be taxing. So we have um, services and, and supports from a, just a human personal level and being able to kind of deal with that and, and move through all of that. And then we have consultation of just being able to uh, have someone else that might be able to sit with us uh, through someone else's struggle as well so that we can have um, additional perspective or insight and um, make sure that we're providing the care that we need to. Yeah, makes sense. Is it is it the case now that because people are using, like you and I are on video with each other right now, but we're also talking through the phone system of the, the radio station, is it the case now, and I'm guessing at human nature here, the video video visits to a therapist make people maybe less apprehensive or more willing to say yes because they can do it from the privacy of their home rather than getting in the car and having to make that commitment? It it depends, it depends uh, on the person, on the, the relationship uh, between the, the therapist and the individual um, and the kind of the stuff that's going on. It's, it, is, it can be easier and it can be easier to hide as well. Well, and I guess you also might be in a house with the people that you want to be able to freely share about your experience with them, and now they're listening to your your Zoom chat. You're right. So yeah, you're having to edit that, edit it all. Yeah, that sounds like a lot harder place to to find uh, the truth of the situation. Um, well, I do have some more questions, but I, I think there's people listening who are there in this world, right? So I always kind of start with the easier angle, which is I want to help somebody. A um, couple minutes before the break here, but where do you start with if you're the one listening and you're like, yep, I have anxiety. Yes, I have thoughts, but maybe I'm not I'm not making an action plan, but I have thoughts that are escapist that sound like suicidal comments. Your advice to that person, if they're only getting to hear you right now, they can't have a dialogue with you. They're, they're just listening to Jonathan share. I, so, so I will assume that the majority of people listening have um, some Catholic tendencies, uh, at least, right? So, sure. Um, don't don't lose hope in that there is a salvific plan for humanity, right? and there is a, a a mission and a purpose for you in your life, right? So, so don't lose hope. 
And the hardest thing about therapy, the absolute hardest thing, is picking up the phone for the first time or clicking schedule online for the first time. That's the hardest part is starting. Yeah. After that, it just kind of takes course. But um, that that part takes probably the most courage, right? So, so courage is virtue. You can't have courage without fear. Right? Don't lose hope. Just schedule. It may not may not be the right fit. It may not be the right person. It may not work out. It may not be the the style or the the preference that you want, and that's okay. Um, but at least you've got it going, and you know well, that that may not work for me. And maybe I need something else, and that's fine too. As clinicians, but we we're well aware of that, and uh, we can do that. You know, that to help somebody overcome that, so you know that they want help now, or that they're at least in this kind of mental trap. Do people come to you as a, a friend and a friend or a couple just for session one? Like, I'm going to walk, I'm going to literally hold your hand. We're going to go drive down and see Jonathan. Or, you know, sure. is that part of the accompaniment for people? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I have a good want... question. I got, I got 30 seconds before my break. So, uh, maybe yeah. hold that thought. Okay. We're going to come back. Sure. We're going to talk about that and, uh, dive into a few other things. I also have, uh, if we have some chance to talk about just our faith in general, because I think that you bring a very unique perspective with the many roads and many jobs you've played in the diocese and in this ministry. So um, with that, we're going to move to our commercial break, but I just want to thank you, Jonathan Sumter, for being here from the Mental Well on Undivided Intention. Thanks. The Guadalupe Radio Network thanks Little Elm Eye Care for their support of local Catholic radio. Little Elm Eye Care is owned by Drs. Burt and Leslie Bubella, parishioners of St. Francis of Assisi Parish in Frisco. They specialize in family vision care, comprehensive eye exams, contact lenses, and the treatment of eye diseases and injuries. Little Elm Eye Care is located at 1200 East El Dorado Parkway, Suite 100, across from the Little Elm Athletic Complex. They can be reached by calling 972-2920-900 or on the web at littleelmeyecare.com. Thank you to all the sponsors of the July 23rd Summer Speaker Series event with keynote speaker Monsignor Charles Pope benefiting KTH 910 AM. One such sponsor is Sue Locks, a realtor with EXP Realty. Sue and her husband Frank are parishioners at St. Elizabeth Anseton Parish in Keller, where Sue's brother, Father James Flynn, is the pastor. If you live in Tarrant County and are interested in buying or selling a home, you can reach Sue Locks by calling 817-939-8595 or by searching for her on Facebook. That's Sue Locks, spelled L-A-U-X. Hi, my name is Jake. My brother Gerald and I are simply real estate investors and sponsors of KATH 910AM. Our team, along with partners, specialize in helping you and your neighbors in distressed situations by buying distressed homes. In doing so, we enjoy revitalizing the neighborhoods and giving back to the community. The number to call is 682-317-9330, or you can simply visit us at 911myhouse.com. Lord calling you to be a missionary? Hi, Joe McLean here, and the Guadalupe Radio Network is calling for Rosary Missionaries to join with the GRN in praying for very special intentions. Would you be one of them? Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Together, we can bring the power of prayer to bear on a dark world in need of the light of Christ. Log on to grnonline.com forward slash missionaries. Howdy, and welcome back to Undivided Intention. Jonathan Sumter is my guest today from the Mental Well um, Therapy. We're talking about anxiety. We're talking about depression. Uh, you are um, your popular guest. My phone is blowing up in the commercial break with text messages, and I don't take phone calls, but I'm going to take some text message questions from the callers. Uh, so uh, first one is this. Uh, it was asking if Jonathan could expand on what what's, you should do or tell somebody to do if they think their therapist didn't make any progress in the first appointment that, uh, that seems to happen a lot that people, uh, maybe don't come back because it took so much courage to your point to pick up the phone and to go to that first appointment. And then they were let down by the experience. What, what, what's your encouragement or, or tactical path from there? Sure. Well, so the first statement is the first session is for the therapist, not for you. 
right? Because you come in with your problems and you've got all the context, you've got all the knowledge, you're the expert of you. We have no clue, right? So the first session is going to be a little bit annoying in that we have to gather information so that we can know how we can be helpful to you. Right. So if you have an expectation that walking in and, and having the first session will will cure anything, well that's I'm 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 good. I'm not that good. Right. <laughs> but I so so if it's expectation that's one thing, but if it's if it's just a not the right fit, that's that's a different conversation. It's like, okay, well then that's maybe something that you need to pay attention to and see if there are other options or give it one more try. And if it, you know, maybe if the therapist had an off day and they're, they're a person too, right? Um, and so I think still offering encouragement and, um, that, that it's a process that's not an event and that if they can, can continue to press and continue to move through, um, uh, they'll get to, to the other side. Yeah, I know that therapy is not friendship, but I think about how many times I I didn't connect with somebody in the beginning of a group or a relationship, mm-hmm. and they ended up being the one that I was the closest to after an event mm-hmm. or you know an experience with a larger group. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that there is, you know, the parallel that remember over time some of the best relationships or the best advice can come forth. Um, well, I'm gonna keep going on the text messages here, Jonathan. You're you're uh, sure. like I said, I got more after I said that. Um, I should, and I'm not going to give out my phone number for people to text me. This is just personal, <laughs> personal requests. Uh, so somebody joined the show a little bit late and was thinking about uh, listening to what you were talking about, um, not necessarily on a suicide-related note, because I know we've talked about that quite a bit, but uh, one that a lot of people are dealing with is anxiety and really about COVID and anxiety. Like people are having events mm-hmm. canceled, events moved, um, big life events that they're not getting to experience in the same way that they could before, be it a wedding, be it a funeral. In fact, mm-hmm. Amanda's grandmother just passed less than two weeks ago, and now even we're dealing with the trickiness of what what is a funeral in this world. But the anxiety, I think, that people are feeling. So we've talked a lot about you're getting counseling because of your potential suicidal feelings and a little bit of this anxiety talk, but specifically how do you help somebody? How do you help a daughter, a son, a brother? Um, if maybe they're not even ready for the therapy part, maybe, maybe you're just trying to soften the, or kill the soil a little bit so that they could be available to therapy when the time is right. Yeah. What, uh, what, what layman's tips do you have for all of us listening that aren't about to go to school as long as you did? <laughs> so be present. That's the most annoying answer I can give, but <laughs> be present, right? You're not going to fix it. You're not going to wave a magic wand and make COVID go away. Um, sit with them in the disappointment. Honor, honor that disappointment. Honor that loss. Honor the, the struggle. Honor the, the difficulty. Um, uh, the new, um, uh, one of the new priests, or almost priests that we have at UD is supposed to get ordained uh, tomorrow, I believe. And this is the fourth time they've tried it because COVID keeps knocking it back. And one of my, my staff here is hopefully getting married in in August. Everything seems to be going good for that. But um, so uh, my, and my daughter didn't get to finish her um, school thing that she had done. And she had a, uh, a program, a musical program that she's supposed to do and she didn't get to do it and she's still waiting to be able to do it and she doesn't understand that it's probably not going to happen, right? So I can't change any of that and you can't change any of that. And that's not the point. The point is we move through life and we fix our eyes on Christ and we keep moving towards him. So sit with them, be present to them, honor their experience, offer hope and keep moving. Yeah, you, I think there's a piece in there that offering hope. You said earlier, don't make any promises. We can't, we can't fulfill promises that it's all going to be okay or everybody's going to change their mind or whatever the big sweeping promises. But talk a little bit more about where do you start to give somebody that viewpoint back into hope? Is there, is there a message to this? Is there a, 
I don't know. Is there the right language that hope is there without a promise? Right. I think just being honest and, and genuine and authentic in the hope that you have, right? Hmm. Um, and that, that, well, yeah, and there, there are things and right, that, that is, it is disappointing. It is a struggle. And I believe that we'll get through it, right? Uh, with anxiety, anxiety tells me the current feeling that I have, which is horrible, will always be true. In fact, it'll get worse and it'll never change. And there's nothing I can do to, to change it, right? So we, we want to honor that feeling and we need to say, and that's right now. That's right now, right? There's no end in sight of COVID. There's no, um, there's no way to know what's going to happen, but that doesn't mean that we won't adjust. That doesn't mean we won't figure out how to, how to do it. That doesn't mean we won't have experiences, right? Um, do I know what it's going to be? No, but I can be authentic and genuine in my, my struggle with that. Right? I can be authentic and genuine in, in my hope of that. I have to hope. I, um, the the suicide rates right now are 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 skyrocketing um, because of of the quarantine and um, people come into me and say oh I'm struggling with this and I'm struggling with that and I don't know why what does it mean about me it means that you're not meant to live in isolation right? oh. you're a, a member of the body of Christ you're meant to be in union. Right. There's lots of reasons why COVID and this quarantine and, and all of the struggles, there's several reasons why it's um, making things worse. But ultimately, we move through time. Humanity has survived for millennia through lots of horrible things. And we will continue to survive. It will be difficult. It will be hard. But we will continue to survive. So the more authentic and genuine that I can be in, in my struggle and my hope, then uh, on a peer-to-peer level anyway, then the, the easier that can be. Yeah. I hear a lot of the the missteps when people tell someone it's not that bad or, you, you know, uh, don't make a big deal out of this. When somebody has anxiety, they're almost being shut down from sharing by some of the right. the the things that we say that don't feel like they're coming from a place of comfort, compassion, love, and being with them. But at the same time, you don't go to the other end and say, yeah, this is the worst thing ever and it's never going away and we're going to be mm-hmm. stuck at home with no options. Um, yeah, I find it's interesting that I, even managing people in business is a um, unprofessional, it's a professional but unlicensed form of therapy often. And sure. if I can get somebody at the beginning to tell me some things about what's going on in their life, you actually can pick up on a lot of what they're hopeful for and hopeful about without them actually explicitly using that word hope. And so then mm-hmm. as they start to share what I perceive to be a more hopeless, anxiety-ridden outlook, I'm using their their words usually to bring back where they actually don't feel that way completely, but it's hard for them to see it. It's hard for them to maybe de-latch from from something that feels so real to them that it's concrete fact. Mm-hmm. Right. That's called the JDS right. model. That's my initials. If you want to put that one in one of your textbooks. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's good. That's good. So we have a few minutes yeah. left here. Um, you know, what is, coming on this show, is there anything that you thought, man, I hope I get this out there, that, that whether it's a, uh, you know, a thought uh, that people can share and, and, you know, here we are on Catholic radio. I think that, you know, is it, is there any truth to the fact that people who have faith in their life that's, that's rooted, that's authentic, that's in good soil, that, that they can, I'm not going to say have an easier time. I don't think that's right, but it, it, you know, that, that there's almost a, an easier way for you to cut through to the truth of life for that person than someone who maybe grew up um, faithless, right? There was no faith in, introduced to this person, and you're trying to create the same truth, right? We already said you can use different words to talk about mm-hmm. virtues and natural law and the fundamental pieces of like how we were made in the image and likeness of God. But is 
is there a fertile ground parable in here about helping people to get back to it? Or if they get to a good, I'm rambling here, but if they get to a good mental place, now it's time to plant the roots of faith so that the next, we're all going to face these obstacles. The next time life hits you hard, you have a different foundation. Sure. So the, so the first most important thing is having a faith does not preclude you from having mental health struggles. Right. Yes. If you have mental health struggles, it is not a measure of your faith. Right. Luther fell on that one. Right. Uh, with his scrupulosity. Right. Um, so um, just because you struggle doesn't mean you don't have faith in that you're not a faithful person. That would be a shameful way to look at it. Um, we are people and we will have struggle and we will have pain. That is certain. And if you have a secure base from which to operate from, if you have a secure sense of self, a secure sense of your faith, a secure understanding and a, and a grounding that allows you to take that first step, that first step is a lot easier, right? Yeah. Now, is it easier in the struggle? No, because the struggle is still a struggle. But it's easier to comprehend. It's easier to have faith. It's easier to try to move Um but it's still going to be painful because you're already in pain. It's still going to be a struggle because you're already in struggle. We have to move through struggle. We have to move through pain. We don't just stop. Yeah, I have trouble putting myself sometimes in the shoes of someone who doesn't have that foundation um, because, uh, well, or, or maybe it's more of a matter of uh, I feel a sense of concern because I'd have a hard time putting up with any of this mess of how hard life is if I didn't have a bigger truth to why, what it was all about and what we were aiming yeah. for. And I love, there's a guy that works at our company. He said, his pastor said, if you believe in, in heaven and that's where you're, you're planning to, to go as a follower of Jesus Christ, then your time on earth is your, is your hell. <laughs> this is as bad right. as it gets. And if you don't believe in any of it and you're not going to go to heaven and there is a hell, then Earth is your heaven. All this, all this stuff you're going right. through is as good as it's ever going to get. And I thought that was such a right, just basic black and white perspective to me of yeah. how much easier, not easier, that's not true, how, how the perspective allows me to get back to a place of reality and not of despair in all the stuff that right. I personally have struggled with. Right. Yeah. Going back to accountability, guilt, shame, and blame. It's easier to be accountable if you are already connected to truth, but it's harder if you're not. Doesn't mean yeah. that the struggle won't be hard. Yeah. Well, I, we got a couple of minutes here left, Jonathan. I would love. Um, usually, I ask my guests to pray. I'm going to pray for us for a second here because I just feel called uh, between the text messages and the people that I love and care about that I know are struggling to to just offer up a quick prayer for us in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus, we come to you as a radio community today and just thank you for the gifts of everyone who's listening and the wisdom and words from Jonathan and just ask you to help us as we accompany those in our lives who we either know or don't know need this help right now or are suffering or want us to ask the right questions so that they can they can raise their hand for, for help. And Lord, we ask you to send your Holy Spirit to accompany each of us in the truth so that we can be a light in the world to others and still continue to have good soil so that your word is rooted in us um, and that we can be the salt and light of the earth. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Jonathan, any last comments here? We got about 35 seconds before I cut out for the next month. Any last I'll tell you what my last one is. Mentalwell.com. What was yours? Go to... <laughs> go go to Second Corinthians one, three and four. Read that and um let that be a guide for you in um helping people who may struggle. Jonathan, awesome. Jonathan from the Mental Well from the University of Dallas has told us all you better go check it out right when this show is over. Second Corinthians one, three and four. Thank you so much for being here today. God bless all of our listeners and we'll catch you next time on Undivided Intention here on KATH 910 AM. Thanks, y'all.
Is your facility in need of additional meeting or classroom space, but there's no room in the budget to add on to the building? I'm Glenn Trahan, owner of Modern Fold Door and Specialties and proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. Modern Fold Door and Specialties can solve your space division problems by installing operable walls to create additional spaces. We also provide repair and service. You can contact us at 214-357-2572 for a free consultation or trwfamily.com. God bless. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the Word was made flesh, and dwelt among us. Hail, Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to KATH 